Welcome to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I am your host, Liz Fiddler, and today we're going to talk about a very specific type of plant that is very, I don't know what the word is, it's its special flower that not everyone can grow, and it's called ranunculus. And we're going to talk about it from the standpoint of someone who has read a lot and failed one time. And we'll just see what happens. So I'm recording this episode, February 28th, 2023. And I'm going to tell you what my plan is for growing these flowers. And then actually late May, early June, we're going to do an episode on what actually happened. But just know that these are recorded three months apart. We'll see what happens. So ranunculus are an interesting plant because they can't tolerate a lot of heat. So you really have to do a lot of things to make sure that they can tolerate it. So create ideal growing conditions. I think they're actually pretty hardy or pretty um, resilient, but, but they have specific things that will kill them or create them to not bloom. You have to be very careful with them. So they are a corm. So remember the episode where I talked about tubers, bulbs, corms. So they are a corm. They are perennials in zones where it doesn't freeze hard. I believe the corms can go down to about 25 degrees. So the ground can even freeze a little bit. They can tolerate, you know, the winter where they freeze, but the ground can't go much below that. So here in Minnesota, you absolutely could not keep them in the ground. Now they need to be grown usually in a tunnel of some sort. And we talked about high tunnels and then there's low tunnels where it's, you know, frost cloth and some sort of support that's going to heat it inside of there. Um, Sometimes people will even put a string of Christmas lights inside of their tunnel to just, you know, increase the heat a tiny bit in that row. But again, it's just, they're very needy, but I'm just hoping that it all pays off. First of all, I think there was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. So that was a part of the reason why I bought my high tunnel was to be able to do this. So first of all, so that I would get tulips earlier and then to be able to grow ranunculus and anemones, but we'll get there next year. So I originally ordered 1800 of these plants and thank the Lord that he intervened because I found out last week that no, we were out. We don't have all of your supply and you're only going to get 900. This is okay. This is okay that I'm only going to get 900 of these corms because they're expensive. First of all, I ended up spending about 600 bucks on them, but If all goes well and I can sell them in bunches of a dozen, you know, it'll really pay off. They're a very profitable plant. There's a reason that they're expensive. They're so time consuming, the amount of time that you put into growing them. But I can't wait to be able to offer these to my customers in late May, early June. I just, I think you guys are going to go nuts over them. They look like little marshmallows. So R-A-N-U-N-C-U-L-U-S, ranunculus. Basically, they are planted either in the fall or spring depending on where you live. So we talked about USDA hardiness zones. So if you are seven or above, you plant them in the fall. If you are six or below, you plant them in the spring or you can overwinter them if you have a low tunnel and a high tunnel and you know you really just watch that. But basically if they freeze, if the ground gets below 25 degrees, they will freeze way too hard. And then when they thaw, they will rot. So also the leaves themselves can't go below like 20-ish degrees. So, you know, in Minnesota, what, what does that look like? So I'm hoping 
to plant them. I'm hoping to get them outside in about two weeks and I will just have to keep an eye on this tunnel. It also can't get too hot. It also can't be consistently above 70. So I am raising and lowering the sides of my high tunnel because it'll get 90 degrees in there on a sunny day in late March, early April. So then I'm raising the sides, but then putting them down at night because it gets down to If it's going to get below 20 at night, they've got to be covered. But like I said, I think they'll be worth it. And my fiance is giving me a dirty look over there because he's like, oh my gosh, why are you going to grow something so high maintenance? But we can do this. I can do this. So when I get them tomorrow, they're going to arrive by FedEx. They have to be signed for because a lot of these plants, like my wholesaler that I order them from, these corms, they can't just drop them off on our front steps because what if nobody's home and then if you know, it's 10 degrees out overnight. And so you have to sign for them. So I'll be here tomorrow afternoon when they get here. And then, like I said, these corms, they kind of look like little octopuses, but to start them. And again, I'm telling you, well, I I successfully got to this part. So last time I did them, I did them two years ago without reading a ton. And I ended up finding like a random mix online of, you know, just a weird variety, but I, I didn't get them planted outside until like April 15th. So they were fine, but it was too hot out. And so they never flowered because if it's consistently above 70, they won't produce a flower. And I just planted them outside. I didn't have a tunnel. And like I said, they were a fail. Of course they were. Everything that I've read was like, okay, I don't even need to keep reading about why I failed because I clearly didn't do enough research. And I thought, oh, that stuff's not necessary, but it is. So you take like an ice cream bucket of water and you have to soak them for three to four hours at room temperature. So you got to find the perfect temperature of water. And then ideally you've got just a little drip because you want a little bit of bubbles. Um, You want a little bit of airflow within it. And then they're going to double up in size and plump up, but you don't want to over soak them or they'll rot. And then what I'm going to do is I have these 72 cell trays and I'm going to put moist potting soil in them and then put them in with the tentacles pointing down and leave them for about 10 to 14 days at 40 to 50 degrees, which for me is perfect. It's my shop. And then it just allows it pre-sprouts them, just gives them apparently it's for me in the temperature that I'm going to put them at. It's perfect. And so you know, if you have perfect growing conditions, you can just start them outside. But for me, it's going to still be pretty cold at night. And so I'm going to, you know, my goal is to get them in the ground by March 15th, because it's supposed to be eight weeks before your last frost. So for me, that's May 15th. So we're looking at March 15th, eight weeks before. And then, you know, it'll take about 90 days to start blooming from when you first sprout them. So for me, that should be, if I'm literally going to do this tomorrow, March 1st, that puts it at June 1st that I start getting blooms. They can't get too warm or it confuses the plant and it can mess up the bloom. So you really got to cover, uncover, you know, mornings and evenings. You have to watch out for rodents because mice will dig them up and try to eat them. And, you know, they do need a little bit of fertilizer compost that you just put in the ground, you know, before you plant them out. You plant them six inches apart, two to three inches deep with the octopus tentacles pointing down. Like I said, that's how, that's how you transplant them out. So once they're in there, I will take a second small frost cloth and cover them just to add a few degrees within that tunnel. And I'll try to get the sides closed, you know, well before sundown so that it retains some heat in there. So for every single episode, if you go to my website, sunnymarymeadow.com, on the very top, It says podcast and you can click on that. And each episode, I have a written summary of 
the podcast of everything that we talked about. I don't do this for all of the Bloom and Grow episodes, but for the flower farming ones I do so that you can find if I have guests on there, how to contact them, or if you were like, hey, I need to figure out what she said, and then you can read it, and then you can email me and argue with me about it or (laughs) tell me why I was wrong, which I might be. I might be wrong on some of this. Some of this stuff might be the absolute opposite of what you do. I'm just telling you what I do and what works for me. Or like in this episode, I'm telling you everything that I've read and what I'm going to do. And we'll see if it works. So I guess, you know, as an example, if it's going to be a 60 degree day in March and it's going to be a sunny day, that means my high tunnel might get up to 90 degrees on a sunny day if the heat's really cooking. And so I will, but it gets down to hopefully it doesn't get this cold, but if it's going to get down to 20 degrees at night, I will cover the plants themselves with a frost cloth. And so then right away in the morning, I'll take that frost cloth off of them. Hopefully I can keep that off starting in April and I don't have to worry about the one at least inside of the tunnel. And then the sides of the tunnel itself, I will lift up as high as I can to just really aerate it and get some wind flow and cool it down so that it's the same temperature as outside. And then... 5 o'clock p.m. when it starts getting, you know, the temperature starts dropping a little bit, I will go, I'll put the sides back down so that it stays that temperature and then it doesn't get so cold at night. But ideally, you know, consistently about 60 degrees in there, it likes it cool. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to kind of mimic that. If we're going to be gone a weekend in March, I don't know, I'm going to have to, which I've got Lindsay, I've got other people, I've got helpers. I'll figure it out. It's not that hard to say, hey, lift the tunnel, lift the sides up in the morning, put them down at night. I can call Abby. She can road trip out to the flower farm on the weekend. No, it'll it'll be fine and we'll figure it out. It's not great or ideal to have a plant that I need to babysit so much, but I think it's going to be incredibly profitable and I think it will be easy enough to find someone to help with it. So I'm not so worried about that part. But yeah, and then I should have buds starting, you know, on each plant will produce quite a few. And the more you cut them, the more they'll grow. So you have to really cut them down at the bottom, the base of the plant, so that it produces another bud. You harvest them when they are in this marshmallow stage. And the funny thing is, I, this is like embarrassing to say this out loud. I don't think I've ever actually seen them in person. (laughs) Abby's laughing at me. No, I just realized that because I I unsuccessfully did it. And I don't think, and I don't know anyone around here that grows them. So I've never actually seen them in person. And I just bought a $6,000 tunnel in order to be able to grow these because I love them so much. Okay, to be fair, I've heard you say the word ranunculus quite a bit. And I couldn't picture in my head what the heck it was. So I just Googled it as we were sitting here and recording. And it is quite marshmallow-ish. Yeah, they're really pretty. They remind me of like Alice in Wonderland flowers. They look like something out of a fantasy. So I understand your desire to have them. I am a bit concerned about your babysitting of them because they just sound like like a lot of work. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. I have complete faith in you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, and we'll just see. <laughs> it might be a bust. They might freeze. They might. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So go big or go home, I guess. But I guess to me, okay, I got one more thing to say. I guess I use this example a lot, but the truth is, you know, after going through something like I have, my husband dying, having to be pregnant with his baby after he passed away with our baby, you know, just all the plans, having to give birth, all these. I mean, like I've been through some things that are big deals. And to me, like, okay, what's the worst? Like it just really changes your perspective on what's the worst that could happen. And and I don't have this like careless attitude. I'm not, you know, flippant. I'm not, you know, diminishing other people's problems. But like the fact is like, it just really puts things in perspective. Like this is not a big deal. If this is a total flop, like, yeah, I missed out on 
probably an hour a day for 90 days and $600 of corms and, you know, the potting soil and everything. So like, yeah, when you look at the money and the time and everything like, yep, but if it pays off, it's really going to be worth it. But if it doesn't, it's still not the end of the world. So we'll just see. Now, remind me that I said this. in June, if nothing is blooming. And if we have another 90 degree month of May, like we did two years ago, I won't have flowers like that. I won't, but nobody will. Or I won't have ranunculus. I will have flowers. I will have flowers. But anyway, so that's my plan on ranunculus. I've got 900 of them coming and we'll just see how it goes. And I hope that, you know, I've got a bunch of photos to share with you about the time that this episode launches and we'll just see what happens. Hey, this is producer Abby from the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast, taking a quick break from the podcast to let you know that this podcast is possible because of Abby Graves Productions. And if you've ever been in the market for anything like a radio commercial for your business, maybe you run a flower farm yourself, you're looking to have some advertising done for that. I would be more than happy to help you out with creating that special advertisement. Also, I do podcast production. So if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, maybe you and your friends have talked in the past and said, oh man, you know, we should really have a podcast. I offer that service as well. So if you've ever been in the market for something like that, do not hesitate to reach out to me. You can get to me at Abby Graves Productions. That's A-B-B-E-Y-G-R-A-V-E-S productions at gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to help you start your media dream out right. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. Now back to Liz. All right, everyone. It has been a while. It is Monday, June 5th. So if Abby edited this correctly, I recorded the other Ranunculus episode in February. So now just throwing this in there at the end. So I did the first half of this episode three months ago, four months ago, when I told you what I was going to do with the Ranunculus. Basically, I told you what all of the books said I was supposed to do, what all of the other flower farmers in my area or in my zone say to do. And now I'm going to tell you what I actually did. And I will tell you this, it worked. I got over two weeks of blooms so far. Ideally, I'd get four to six weeks of blooms. I already know what I'm going to do different next year. But yeah, my ranunculus turned out pretty awesome considering. So first of all, I was supposed to get them in the mail February 6th. The company that I order from, you're supposed to select your ship week. Well, now I know that for something like ranunculus or um, peony roots or tulip bulbs, order them for two or three weeks prior than you're supposed to get them or then then you need them because then you know you for sure have them. Whereas like my plugs that I get from Farmer Bailey, live actual plants that need to be planted within five days, I don't want to order those three weeks early because what if they come on time? Whereas these, I think you pretty much just plan on them not coming on time. And if they do come early or come on time, if you order them sooner than you need them, all you end up doing is just storing them in your basement or wherever, a cool place in your garage. Just don't let them freeze. But anyway, so now I know to order them sooner because they ended up coming three weeks late. And then actually we were on vacation in Arizona. We went to go visit my aunt and uncle. So we could not do it ahead of time or, you know, I, it was like, well, I don't want to pre-sprout them and then have them dry out while we're gone and whatever. 
So March 2nd, I pre-sprouted them, which I got them in the mail. They came in bags of, I think, 250 in each bag, something like that. And so I literally just put them in a bowl of water, tried to get some kind of lukewarm-ish water temperature, and just let them absorb up. And they get significantly larger. They double in size. They look like octopus tentacles. I ended up, after I, you know, they say soak them for four hours, Actually, where I read said three and a half to four hours. So I think I did three hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> but I ended up putting them in individual 72 cell trays. And now I know that I definitely did not need to do that. I could have just put them in like the bottom watering container or whatever you call it underneath that you use to water it, like one big section of potting soil, and then just keep it moist. It holds a lot more moisture that way. It would have been significantly easier, much less time consuming because basically I just wanted to pre-sprout them, but not necessarily grow them under grow lights. If you're going to grow them under grow lights, then they kind of need their own space. But my goal was just to get them to have sprouts and roots on them and then transplant them out. So, you know, they barely had anything sticking up above the soil. It was just roots down below for the most part when I transplanted them out. So that was March 2nd. Now they say you usually get blooms with exactly 90 days. And for me, it was like, you know, March 27th or something. So here, hold on. Let's ask Google. What date is 90 days from March 2nd? Friday, May 31st. Yeah, pretty much. So I probably got blooms 84 to 86 days after I pre-spouted them. So that's pretty close. And then I transplanted them outside or in my high tunnel on March 20th. Now I ended up just putting them underneath soil. The soil was obviously thawed, but we had a very unseasonally cold March this year. It was actually zero degrees and like negative two degrees Fahrenheit during that time period. And you don't want them to freeze. So if they had three or four inches of leaves above the ground, they probably would have died. However, I think I was okay with it because I put frost cloth on it and then they weren't above the ground. So the soil temperature didn't get that cold. So I think I, I think that's what saved me because the foliage wasn't exposed. So then I had to cover and uncover constantly with my frost cloth through like the end of, I'd say it was almost the end of April. Every time it got below 27 degrees, at night, because remember the nighttime temperature and the outside temperature are pretty much the same. So the entire month of April here in Minnesota, I mean, we still had snow until like May 1st. It was so much snow and it was so cold and it was constantly like 40 degrees, 50 degrees. They like it more like 60 and it was so cloudy that it really never got much higher than that. But then once May hit, we had perfect temperatures. It was like 60 degrees. However, the sides of the high tunnel had to be like wide open. So yeah, I had the frost cloth that I would cover with them if they were too cold. And I think I officially put that away like maybe April 20th. I quit worrying about it because it didn't get below 20 six at night, but I think they could go down to like 22, 23. I just didn't really want to risk it. The other thing that I didn't do was I didn't start watering them until for sure the soil temps were above 32 because I didn't want to risk the soil freezing hard. So I guess I would water them if the lows the next two nights were not below 32, then I would water them, but otherwise I'd water them every few days. And then my tulips were in the tunnel at the same time. So I did not want them exploding open from the heat or if tulips, if it gets too warm too soon, they'll start blooming when they're still really short. And I did have that happen with some of them. So I definitely 
definitely learned so many lessons with using the high tunnel this year. But yeah, so the ranunculus, what I ended up doing last week was I just cut as many as I could multiple times a day. They're definitely slowing down now. It's only June 5th. So I've only had buds for like two weeks, but I sold 50 bouquets last week, 50 dozen to my subscription holders. I sent emails to my current tulip and summer subscription holders. And I just said subscription perks. I have ranunculus. Would you like a dozen? And I think they paid 30 bucks a dozen, which is 250 a stem, which is very reasonable for ranunculus. And I didn't put any fillers or anything like that in it. If people want to add something or, you know, add, there's plenty of stuff outside, or maybe they just want the straight bunch, but they were just a straight bunch of ranunculus. And then now this week I am... On Wednesday, I will be sending out an email and I actually have a sign up genius. Actually, no, it's not sign up genius. It's Calendly and people, there's 15 spots every day next week. So people can sign up. So it'll be, you know, for those five days because I figure that's how many bouquets I'll have. And just you sign up for your day and there's only so many spots per day and then you come get them just because I don't know hardly anyone around Minnesota that grows them. So yeah, I think people just go nuts over them. I definitely would not do it without a cooler. So yeah, I picked them at like barely marshmallow stage or like a little bit past marshmallow stage. They last a really long time. They do fly open pretty quickly compared to tulips or peonies. You have a little bit more grace period. I just, if there were any that fully opened, I mean... I really didn't need to pick until like, you know, I've only been picking them for 10 days. And so I've pretty much been home where I had someone else picking one day that I was gone. But besides that, I was pretty much able to catch them all before they opened wide open and then just removed the lower leaves and then stuck them in the cooler and they stay great in the cooler for a couple weeks. So right now I probably have, oh, 300 ranunculus in the cooler right now. And today is a Monday. And I will be sending out that email Wednesday for people to get their dozen. I don't know. I was thinking about doing it Thursday and Friday, but honestly, like I just kind of busy with weeding and stuff like that. So I might just say, hey, starting next Monday, you can pick up and do it that way. You know, and then I had just transplanted them out. And then now my plan is originally I, I had no idea when they were going to be done. I was going to plant some dahlias in there or some more heat loving annuals for my wedding because my wedding's October 6th and they might have a frost here already, but I think I'm going to try to let them die back naturally. I really think they're going to turn yellow within a week or two. They're going to quit producing blooms. So I would say by like June 20th, they're going to be pretty well like starting to die back. And by for sure, July 1st, they'll be completely like shriveled up. So then apparently I'm going to try to save the corms because I'm going to try to pick them or, you know, dig them out and then you let them just dry out and deal with it in the fall. But I'm going to try to pre-sprout them and overwinter them. I don't know. I'm going to try to just pre-sprout them, plant them directly in the soil. And I still have a big order purchased for the spring, but I figure if they can survive the winter, if they can overwinter with the high tunnel and put enough plastic on them and frost cloth that then maybe I can get blooms a couple weeks earlier. So that's plan A and plan B that I'm also going to do. I'm doing plan A and plan B. Plan B is to do what I did this year, except for do it a little bit earlier. I'll try to pre-sprout them more like February 10th and then plant them out in the tunnel March 1st. So I would really like to have my own ranunculus for Mother's Day. That would be my goal. That's what we're doing with ranunculus. I'm pretty sure We've been crunching numbers and I'm pretty sure we're going to put up a second high tunnel. The ranunculus sale damn near paid for the high tunnel. Like seriously, people go nuts over them. They're a very profitable flower, but I will say 
they took so much babying. I put a shade. Oh, I forgot to talk about this. When it got above 80 for the last week, I would put shade cloth up and then I would spray them with a hose multiple times a day. I had a thermometer in there. I would overhead water them just to kind of mist them to cool it down in there. But I didn't want the plants to get too much water because they can rot if they get too much water. So, I mean, I babied these suckers. So, Luckily, I work from home. My kids are at daycare. Like I'm very busy doing other stuff, but I can run out there for five minutes, 10 minutes at a time and do it. They're incredibly labor intensive. They're definitely not an easy flower. I would not do it without a good cooler. And when I say good cooler, I mean, you know, my 60 year old uh, butcher shop cooler. But I will say, you know how they say with appliances, like, oh, they don't make them like they used to. I know of two very, very like famous flower farmers in Michigan. One has 115,000 followers. The other one has, you know, 30,000 followers on Instagram. And they both had their cooler freeze this spring. And they use a window air conditioner with a cool bot. And I know that that's, you know, supposed to be a good thing. And people, oh yeah, it works. Well, literally the one had tulips frozen solid. And the other one this week, her tulips, like she had to completely like clear them out and flash clearance and like it worked out fine and whatever but like oh it makes me nervous my ranunculus and peonies and tulips there's no way you can do it without a walk-in cooler at the quantities that I do you can use a refrigerator but not at the quantities that I have so I would not do it without that and I would not do it without a high tunnel for sure but yeah I think we're gonna put up a second high tunnel this fall keep the current ranunculus or I'll replant them this fall after I dig them up I'll try to pre-sprout them and then I'm gonna put like only (laughs) Only about 10,000 tulips inside the high tunnel this year instead of 3,000 because I want my own tulips for Mother's Day because I did wholesale flowers for Mother's Day and it wasn't very fun. I want my own flowers and then I want my own ranunculus for Mother's Day, but we'll see. That's I mean, it's going to be pushing it. We'll see. And I, I don't know. Again, it's zone 4B with ranunculus. I don't know, but it worked out pretty well this year. And I think I had, I mean, so all said and done, I'll have... 1500 ranunculus stems that I sold for $2.50 a piece. Like I think I paid 900 or 800 bucks for corms. I don't know. I got to sit down and like pencil out and do all the math. But overall it was, I mean, it was a huge learning year, but now I know what I need to do differently. And I just, yeah, we'll see. I'm very excited about them. I have a huge wait list of people that want some and I'm like, nope, sorry. I'm only offering them to subscription holders and then newsletter email openers and I don't know. Like I'm just not, I'm not just taking orders for them because they're just, they're too high demand. We gotta, gotta have a system in place, but next year I'll have way more. And maybe I can do like a ranunculus stem bar or something like that where people can come pick them or get their own. But yeah, Abby, any questions? So as you were babying these things and going out there and tending to them, did you ever have a moment where you're like, this ain't worth it? I literally, like, I, I get very uh, doomsday a little bit. And I just, I told Brent, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. It's been too cold. It's too hot. We have too short of springs. Ranunculus don't work in Minnesota. There's no way I can do this. This is bullshit. <laughs> He's just like, okay. Like, he, he has no idea what I'm talking about. Like, he just, he knows. And I, I just, I, they paid off. But honestly, I had finally, like, came to the conclusion probably I'd say mid-April when they were still so short I'm like there is no way these are gonna bloom like they have so much growing to do and it's gonna get so hot at the beginning of June which it did but they still bloomed the varieties that I have is the Amandine and I, I think they're a little more heat tolerant they paid off they're just a, they're a high high maintenance flower they're pretty hardy you know I mean they're not hard to harvest they're not hard to pick like you have a little bit more of a window to pick them compared to tulips or peonies but I don't know they're they're definitely not a beginner 
flour. The other thing that I was going to say is I don't think I do them. I mean, there's no way I do them with a low tunnel because again, even when it's 40 degrees in the tunnel or upper thirties, low forties, if it's sunny out, have to lift the sides up and you can get it 60 degrees in there, which is perfect growing conditions for them. Whereas if you have a low tunnel, it's really hard to just like partially take off the cover or partially take off the plastic. So it's like, it's either outside temp or way too hot on the inside. So like with the high tunnel, you can raise and lower the sides. And like, there's a lot of times where I'd only lift them a foot on the sides, or I'd just open the end door because it's 30 degrees outside and it's 90 degrees in the tunnel. Well, if I open the door, it's 60 degrees. Perfect. Versus it's a low tunnel. It's kind of like you're all in or all out. So I don't know. I don't think I'd do it without a high tunnel and I don't think I'd do it without a cooler. But all in all, it was worth it. Oh, it was so worth it. Like I'm literally going to probably three times as much next year. I don't know. I have to decide if I want to do this or not, but I'm, I'm really debating extending the spring subscription. I'm actually thinking of extending the spring subscription to six weeks instead of four weeks and have it be tulips and ranunculus. And then eventually I'll have a separate three-week peony subscription is my plan. And then actually my summer subscription is 10 weeks, but it's it's expensive. If it's $25 a week, it's $250. And people are like, God, I'd like to do it, but you know, they're so busy in the summer. And then this way I could just have like you picks in July and like custom orders or whatever, and then not start my subscriptions until maybe mid August and make those six weeks. So instead of 10 weeks and four weeks, so 14 weeks total for what I have now. So like, let's just table the peony one, like, cause I think I'll only have like 40 spots of those the first couple of years just to make sure that it's going to go down fine. But so those, I think like I would offer them to current subscription holders as like an add-on or as a bonus or something like that for the first few years. So if you're listening and you think you're going to want a peony subscription someday, you're going to want to buy a tulip or a regular one. Uh, Cause that's how I'll do it is I'll offer the peony as like an add-on to those. But anyway, so that would be, you know, 12 weeks total between the two instead of, you know, or maybe I'd still figure out like, okay, now it's seven and seven or it's just breaks it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And then I get a little bit more break in the summertime, but then, you know, we might just say, okay, it's four weeks of tulips. And then we might have to take a week off between tulips and ranunculus or wait a little bit longer for the tulips or I don't know how we do it, but I'm just debating. But then I think I'll say like a disclaimer. I hope (laughs) like four weeks of tulips and two weeks of ranunculus, probably. But I mean, I I can see them dying. I can see them not working. I mean, there's such a fragile crop, but I think as long as everyone knows, like, and they know, they know I'm working my butt off to do this. So many people messaged me and it was the sweetest thing. They were like, thank you for doing this for us. I'm like, you are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of work and I know that you guys saw it and you appreciate it. But yeah, with the disclaimer, like four weeks of tulips and two weeks of ranunculus, asterisk most likely uh if the ranunculus die you're gonna get six weeks of tulips which again nobody would complain but i think that's how i'm probably gonna do it next year so by the time well no this episode's coming out soon so i guess there you go i spilled all my secrets for next year but it's fine (laughs) but (laughs) i might change my mind don't hold me to it all right well thank you for listening to another episode of the sunny mary metal podcast i'm excited to hear i'm really excited to go back and hear what i said in february like this is what I'm going to do and it's going to work. Like, hmm, did I do it? Did it work? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Definitely growing more next year. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. 
at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunnymarymeadow.com.